Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Join Rabbi Michael Siegel from Anshayemet Synagogue and author Jonathan Eig as they talk about Simchat Torah, celebrating the entire Jewish community in the embrace of the Torah. I have a memory of uh, going to synagogue when I was really young with my grandfather, getting a flag on Simchat Torah, getting a candy apple, and walking with him when he carried the Torah. Um, as we walked in one of the hakafa, one of the circles, and singing, and it is a very nice memory of that day. Do you have a memory like that? No, I just remember, you know, an unusual amount of enthusiasm, you know, for this state yeah. old congregation, uh, that there was energy uh, that was not always present. So that's that's the only thing I can say I remember about it from childhood. <laughs> It's alive, right? Yeah. Look, what, Who knew? Oh, these, these people, these people have, can yell, they can sing, they can right. dance. Yeah. Uh, Simcha's Torah is such an interesting holiday. It's really, you know, it, it's not a holiday where we kind of talk about historical significance. It's a um, liturgical holiday. It's a way of marking the end of the holiday season with uh, the end of Sukkot. And in the diaspora, there are two days of Yontav. And so on the second day of Yontav, we are marking the end of the cycle of reading the Torah. We finish the book of Deuteronomy, and we begin, and immediately begin, Breshit. Uh, and so it's just a really interesting day, because it's, it's part of a Yom Tov, but the theme of it is totally rabbinic and is kind of a liturgical anomaly. And yet, here you're remembering, uh, as I am, this this day when there was a lot of joy in the synagogue. That's powerful, I think. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we have some some holidays that are fun, um, you know, but it's especially interesting to see the fun part, the exuberance coming during the ceremony. That's, um, I think that's what stands out for me. Right. And, you know, by the way, it shows you just how far we have come. Because I would say that if you came on a Shabbat morning or a Friday night on Shammat, there's a lot of joy and a lot of more joyful singing and clapping. And that evolution has been going on for a while. So I'm glad that those moments of joy don't simply take place on Simchat Torah. And by the way, my memory of our synagogue in Cleveland matches up, uh, matches up to you, to yours. But I... I want to come back to this idea of Simchas Torah and kind of just look at it for a minute as a day in which Jews celebrate the gift of Torah. They just uh, embrace it and acknowledge that all of us are part of something larger than ourselves. There are very traditional Jews dancing with the Torah. There are Reformed Jews. There are secular Jews dancing with the Torah. There are conservative Jews, Orthodox. The whole Jewish community is celebrating not not simply the giving of the Torah, but the fact that the Torah is what defines us on so many levels as Jews. Yeah, if we can't if we can't all agree on that, we're in trouble, right? Because uh, we tend to disagree a lot. Yeah, and I I do I, I had to say that I sort of fear that issue in the present. Uh, tensions of our day, where Jews are kind of looking at each other askance. Look at the Kotel, women cannot dance with the Torah. There is a uh, group called Women of the Wall, and every Rosh Chodesh, which has always been known as a woman's holiday, 
want to, women want to read Torah. These are, by the way, traditional women who want to read Torah at the Kotel, and there has been violence there. There are real issues in the Jewish community, and they've been bubbling up with so much of the um, talk in Israel and the politics in Israel and the judicial reform in Israel and the cry for democracy. But part of what's happening in Israel is that there has been a reaction between the ultra-Orthodox and the, um, the more secular. A lot of anger. And it would be nice if we could use this holiday of Simchus Torah to remind ourselves that the Torah belongs to all of us and we are part of one people. And this idea that, you know, you need to separate yourself from one from the other. I can't be seen here. I can't be seen there. You know, that's that's an old issue. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's something that we can we, we should be concerned about. Well, it reminds me of the joke. You've probably heard this one before. Um, you know, Rubenstein is is stranded on a on a desert island. He's the only person there for 10, 20 years. And he's finally rescued a, a boat comes ashore. And uh, they rescue him, and he's, he's thrilled. But he says, before we go, I want to show you around my island because I've done a lot of work here. You know, this is my home, and, and this is my gym, and this is my synagogue, and, and this is the other synagogue. And the captain of the boat says, well, Mr. Rubenstein, I, I don't understand. You know, why did you build two synagogues? And Rubenstein says, well, are you kidding me? I wouldn't be caught dead in that one. <laughs> that is, it's, first, it's a great joke. I've heard it before, but you told it well. And um, I th- what, I, what I love about that joke is that it does what humor is supposed to do. It points you to a truism. You know, it's something that's true. And it's making fun of it. But the fact is, is that what makes the joke funny is we sort of kind of know that that's something that happens in real life. And when I grew up in Muncie, uh, as you know, I grew up in Muncie, New York. Um, and even then, during my childhood, the, the, the Orthodox, the, uh, the ultra-Orthodox were a growing presence. And now they've, um, you know, grow, they've grown exponentially since then. And it's a real issue for the uh, other Jewish community members because they often feel like each side probably feels like out, an outsider or an antagonist in some ways. There's a lot of judging and a lot of, um, you know, I don't know, just um, there's not a great sense of community among the Jewish community. Yes. And I think we see that we're seeing this in a lot of different areas. In Israel on Yom Kippur, there was a minion that gets together. The yeshiva runs it. It's an outdoor ni'ila service, end of Yom Kippur. And they, they've been running this for a while, but this year when they went to the city council in Tel Aviv, they said, you can have your service, but you're not allowed to have a mechitza because it goes against the egalitarian view and the, the egalitarian values that so many of us in Tel Aviv embrace. And the reality is, is that, that that has never been an issue. You know, you don't have to come. People would come from the beach. And it was kind of this amazing thing that every, there was a whole group of Orthodox people wearing white, this yeshiva people, and they were davening. And they did it by the beach. And people would come off the beach who were secular, wearing their, their bathing suits. But they would all end Yom Kippur together. And so there was something really lovely about this. And because, you know, of everything going on in Israel and the political ramifications, everything becomes politicized, not all that different than America. And there were some really, really harsh things said. I was reading about this. I was thinking to myself, 
that there is a midrash, there's a rabbinic idea, that there is a letter of the Torah for every Jew that went out of Egypt. It's more than 500,000 letters in the Torah, and so there's a letter for every Jew. And the message there is that if you take one of those letters away, the Torah becomes possible. You can't use the Torah. And I think we forget that so often. We have disagreements, and they're real, and they need to be addressed. And, I mean, that's a big part of what we're doing at Anchiamat is to have hard conversations. There is a place for that. But if we lose perspective as to, you know, who owns the Torah, you can't own the Torah, you can't do this, and you can't do that, and we begin to disparage each other for the positions that we take, well, that's a lot, and that's, that's a dark day for us. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a family, and I've, I've been told by certain members of my family that it's okay to argue, that it's important to say how you're feeling and not to um, try to pretend that there are no differences uh, among us, um, but that ultimately we're still a family and we um, can trust each other to have our differences. And in this case, you know, the, at the center of the family is the Torah, and, and that's as, as we sing and dance around it, uh, it should be pretty clear that we all, we all share that love. I think that's exactly right. I think we should be reminding ourselves that each of us are one of those letters. And no matter what I think of you in the moment, if I'm angry or annoyed, right, the Torah wouldn't be complete if we don't include all of us in, in its reading and in the celebration. So that's a good hope and that's a good prayer as we um, look to Simchat Torah, that we embrace not only the Torah, but what the Torah represents and its values. Wish you a very happy holiday. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach, Rabbi, thank you.